welcome back to Pop Culture Failure. Where Jesus, we you went thing. right into it. Where, from our youth and see how it stands up. Well, we spent like five minutes talking about the Bare Naked Ladies, <laughs> and I was singing and stuff, and we see how it stands up. See how I just peppered that straight in? It's you. Uh, you are uh, you are done fi- fucking fire today, Sky. And I'm Sky. And I'm Jake. And neither about... of us are in the bare naked ladies, despite what whatever <laughs> Sky puts at the end of this may make it seem. <laughs> Actually, I am. Uh, You're just gonna do it from the big get go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the one. I'm the one who plays drums and has a beer. Oh, I'm the one that got kicked out because he loves cocaine. Cocaine. It's too much. Um, if you haven't listened to it, check out the song uh, Odds Are. It's pretty good. If you haven't ever listened to it, check out the song One Week. People, it's featured in 10 Things I Hate About You. Sky, people don't know the song One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. Look, there's a whole generation that doesn't know that song. Because we're old. You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, also, I guess if you're from that generation you're listening, uh, the other song to listen to is All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> You know what? Just check out the Shrek 1 soundtrack and you'll be alright. You will be caught up. Yeah. Uh, but instead we're talking about this. Uh, we're watching Animorphs uh, from the Nickelodeons. It's uh, season 2, episode 6, or season 1, episode 18. Something like that. Either it's... way, it's called Face Off Part 1. Yeah. And... It's the 18th episode of the whole series. <laughs> and I will say that it suffers greatly from the lack of Nicolas Cage. I will say it suffers greatly from the writing. Well, that also didn't help it a whole lot. Oh, you mean because Nicolas Cage is in Face Off. Yep, and John Travolta. Yeah. And Travolta improved this weird character trait for his character where he reaches up and just gently touches people's faces. Uh, the uh, only bit of Face Off that I've seen is that uh, that YouTube movie where uh, they end all of the movies with the line oh. <laughs> that's the title of the movie yeah. where uh, Nicolas Cage just says <laughs> face off and then the credits start. Right. Uh, which is a fantastic movie if you have never seen it. Find I it. I don't know if it's a movie. I mean it's video. More like a yeah. video, yeah. <laughs> it's so much I, more of a clip. I spent a bit on the river drinking so I, my, <laughs> my thought threads may not connect. Um... But that's all I've seen of Face Off, and I don't even know how long into Face Off that is. I couldn't tell you. It's been a bit, but... Uh, it's at least eight minutes. It's worth a watch. It's it's preposterous, uh, because... Name Nicolas one Cage... Nicolas Cage movie that's not preposterous. Uh, the, the Wicker Man, where he's killed by bees in the end. That sounds pretty preposterous. Oh, that movie's terrible. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I've seen enough of it. Name another Nicolas Cage movie. In general? Yeah. Ghost Rider. Name another Nicolas Cage movie. Ghost Rider 2. Name another one. Knowing. Name another one. Gone in 60 Seconds. Another one. Uh, the one where he's in the past. Name another one. <laughs> National Treasure. Another one. National Treasure 2. One more. Uh, how on earth? Um, That might actually be one. City <laughs> of Angels? All right. This is the bonus round. If you can name one more Nicolas Cage movie. The Weatherman. Oh, he's done it, ladies and gentlemen. Sky Erdl, the biggest Nicolas Cage fan there is. <laughs> Say what you will. Uh, Ghost Rider is a pretty good movie. Ghost I have Rider no... 2 is a hot pile of garbage I have that no... is a lot of fun to watch. I have never seen either of them, and I have no particular opinion about Nicolas Cage one way or the other. <laughs> uh, I know he's in Hit... Uh, not Hit Girl. Um, what's Hit Girl from? Kick-Ass. Yeah, he's in Kick-Ass. He is. He uh, also... That weird cadence that he takes on, like Adam West, when he's in the uh, Big Daddy persona, 
was all his choice. They didn't want him to do that, but they couldn't get him to stop doing it. Have you watched the movie uh, Death of Superman, What Happened? Did I watch I, that with you? No, but okay. I know he was supposed to play. Yeah, there's all Literati that footage Superman. of him being uh, sparkly, long-haired Superman. Yeah, dumb. <laughs> oh, it turns out this is not the bare naked, uh, fully dressed <laughs> men podcast. It's the it's the the Nicholas Cage podcast. Nicholas Caged. It? Yeah, it's called Caged. Cage the match. Podcast. Nicholas Caged match. Um. Uh, Animorphs. We watched. Face what if Off. we just keep doing other podcasts within our podcast? It will be extremely more interesting than the episode we just watched. It was boring. I, I'll be honest. I looked at it the whole time and remember very little except for there being Gak in it a little bit. But we'll get there. Sky loves Gak. <laughs> Do you ever have Gak as a kid? I think I did. As someone who didn't have Nickelodeon, I feel like that's a thing you were like. Deprived of? Deprived of, yeah. Well, uh, We had a gack that smelled like, it was supposed to smell like hot buttered popcorn, but it smelled like vaguely like a fart. <laughs> I mean, I guess everything I had growing up smelled vaguely like a fart. Everything you have currently smells vaguely <laughs> like a yeah. fart. Hey, speaking of smelling Especially vaguely... Dog. Yeah. Speaking of smelling vaguely like a fart, look around uh, Jake, the Animorph Jake's room right now. Look at that lamp. It's wearing a, a silly disguise. It's got a Groucho Marx face on it. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. That's what he I says. I don't think he says that. I think that's uh, what comedians. Fozzie Bear. I think it's an old time and comedian thing. <laughs> um, but Jake's in his room, and he hears Tom talking to some guy. To, to Denim Jacket. <laughs> you know, Dean. No, no, Dean's Rachel's dad. Uh, his name is Jeremiah. That's That's Marco's dad. No, that's Jeremy. Oh, okay. That's my mistake. His name... Uh, this is some kid from Temple. Um, uh, yeah. From <laughs> Beer Temple. <laughs> I, they worship the Kadrona. It's fine. Um, but Jake looks at him suspiciously because, of course, he does. Because he's always suspicious because he's an anamorph. And he goes into his room because Jake... Or other guy... Tom shuts Tom his door. And, yeah, Tom and Denim Jacket are like, come to the basketball game. Waka waka. And... Rather than than just do that and listen in on their conversation, Jake decides, I'm going to morph a lizard and crawl into his backpack and hope that he takes it with him. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we cut over to the barn where Cassie's holding, like, concert tickets. But they're basketball tickets? To the fucking high school basketball game. Why would you need tickets? You can just show up. Uh, and, and when we see the basketball... And when, it's fine. Wait, that, first of all, that's too much for the fucking gymnasium that we see that the basketball <laughs> game is being held in true later it is pitiful well they're working with what they got how hard is it to borrow a high school gymnasium evidently pretty difficult i guess in canada <laughs> now if this had been a hockey game watch out <laughs> yeah they had to unfreeze a hockey rink to get the floor ready is that what happened i guess so uh, but the we cut over to the barn and Cassie and Rachel and everybody except Jake is there talking about getting ready. I guess the plan is to take Axe out on on an outing. Yeah, this is an expensive episode that has Axe and Tobias in it and all the Animorphs. And a real bird. And Tom. Every, everyone in the credits except for yeah. Jeremy. Um, and Cassie's being the mom. She's like, this is a very important thing we're doing. The chairing's putting on a halftime show. Which is meaningless, other than they're going to say, hey kids, join a group. You know what kids hate doing? Is going to places and doing things. 
That's because you've crew. never you never got your Eagle Scout badge, Sky. <laughs> Neither did you. You don't know that. I'm I am very sure. <laughs> of my friends, the only one who may have had one is probably Peter. And I don't think he does. Because he's a quitter too. Yeah. He quit Illinois. Just, just like the rest of us. <laughs> uh so we cut back over. Me- yeah, meanwhile, Jake's a lizard. <laughs> Jake's a lizard, and he's that's basically what my Christmas card said this year. Meanwhile, Jake's a lizard. <laughs> and he, he goes into Tom's room, and Tom's just like, hey, I have the disc that is Elfingor's disc. He's, like, searching for it and shit. Which means... Why? Which means the, the fucking Yerk put it somewhere and forgot. Yeah. As though this incredibly important piece of technology was, like, a, a pack of gum. Yeah, like oh, it's it's over here it was next my... to my condoms and my and my jerk off rags. So my mom wouldn't touch it. Uh, By jerk off rags, I meant magazines, but that sounded like I meant like a rag. That you're yeah, I into. I was just glossing right over it. I wasn't. Thank you for clarifying. Um, I meant magazines like that he jerks off to, I which for some reason is better than a rag he jerks off into. Didn't need a second explanation. Well, here we are. Here so we Jake, fucking are, Jake. Climbs into the backpack of as Tom, a lizard, as a lizard, and denim jacket, and Tom wander off to go do yerk stuff or something. And then we get credits where we get to see Jake fucking playing drums on the curtains <laughs> and just being teens, just hanging out being teens until a fucking monster interrupts their day. <laughs> I'm really sorry I said jerk off rags earlier, <laughs> so many times. <laughs> I got nervous and I kept repeating it. <laughs> I was here. You don't have to explain it to me. Silence. Yeah, now we stay quiet so Sky can cut this part out. <laughs> That's what we call in the biz an edit point. I'm going to leave it all in, of course. Whatever. What biz? I don't know. Podcasting? The business of show, Jacob. Oh, you're preaching to the choir. So, after credits, we got back to the barn and the kids are like... They're, they're plotting to go to the Yerk Pool? Yeah, suddenly they're talking about the Yerk Pool instead of the game. Yeah, they're, they're plotting to go and destroy the Cadrona again, based on very little information. Based on no information? Well, they know that the Yerk Pool exists. That is the only piece of information they have, and that they should break the Cadrona. But, as we know, the Cadrona is located in an entirely different place. But whatever, it's fine. So, Rachel... Like, everybody leaves, and then Rachel stays behind to assure the bird that he's a valuable member of the team. Right, which is exactly what you would do if someone wasn't a valuable member of the team. Right. Well, Tobias doesn't even leave with them. He's just a bird on a stick. He's just like, hey, no one, like, gave me the bird signal to fly away. (laughs) And I'm not sad enough to go mope by myself. Yeah. So, from there, we cut over to what I can only assume is the Yerk Pool. I guess so. There's, like, a fucking brain... Uh, rock. I'll tell you what it is. Hanging out of a Simon game. It's, uh, (laughs) it does look like that, but it's probably a leftover set from the Super Mario Brothers movie. And that, cause that drippy, gross, glowy thing sure does look like the fungus in that movie. The Mario, Super Mario Brothers movie was so much earlier than this. (laughs) Like almost 10 years. Whatever. They still had it. Uh, but Chapman is there with some unnamed Yurik and apparently, uh, he's telling him what to do, but the underling is just like, that's not what Tom said to do. Yeah, Tom, uh, we find out, for like definitively outranks Chapman Yes, in this episode. Indeed. And then we cut over to like a 
church or something? It's the school. Is it? I mean, it's playing the school. I don't know if it's a school, but it's pretending to be the school as far as acting goes. Yeah, and there's a pretty big time skip because it was broad daylight moments ago, and now it's dark. It's the fall, man. (laughs) In California, I guess. So Cassie and Rachel want to enter the church, and some guy, denim jacket, whatever. Denim jacket says no. We're not letting people in for another ten minutes. For Why? no apparent what reason. What is happening? Yeah, they're basketball. Why are you in charge? You're a child. But Cassie and Rachel duck behind the stairs or whatever, uh, which probably looked pretty suspicious. And then they morph into a thing and disappear. Um, meanwhile, Chapman leaves the Yerk pool, which is hidden behind a. A set of fake lockers. A bay of the filthiest lockers you've ever done seen. And also, they are shorter than all of the rest of yeah. the lockers, <laughs> indicating that maybe something's a bit off here. Um, but Tom comes in, and he's interested. Interested? Yes. Good, he's super good, interested. Good talking, Ertle. Good job. So God damn it. Tom wants to chastise Chapman about the security, and so like, we need more people. We need... We can't give the Andalites space to morph. Which, I mean, is not a bad plan. Yeah, he's finally learning. We're 18 episodes in, and someone's like, we can't let them do the thing that yeah, they're maybe, able to do. Maybe if we hang out in all the hiding spots, we yeah. can see them before it happens. And, like, you've got the morph sensors and whatever set up. And then the underling told Chapman that they tested the, the sensors. How? How did you test the sensors? You had the one guy who can morph come and stand near them and morph. I don't think you can do that. V3 is not a dude you can order around. But whatever. Um, but Tom is drinking a soda pop. His generic soda. His generic cola. Cassie and Rachel crawl in as rats, and they notice Tom hand Chapman a thing. It's really just Tom being a douchebag and handing him his garbage to take care of. Uh, but they think that they handed Chapman the disc. Let's and imagine, though, that you're a Yurk and you've never tasted cola, and then you get to drink a cola, and it's probably, like, fucking mind-blowing. Probably. It's, it's probably really good. Um, but then Chapman hands this can to Denim Vest, or Denim Jacket. So why do the girls still think that he has it? He clearly hands it off to that guy, and then it's clearly a fucking can. I guess they stopped listening, because they were excited, because... Well, they clearly didn't see it. They just heard, hey, take this. They were busy in the shoe. So why, even if they did do that, why... Uh, whatever. So... Tom enters the the cave that is the York pool and a sensor like an alarm goes off. And if you recall, Jake is inside the bag as a morphed lizard. Yes, I had forgotten that completely. But we, that does answer a question we had from before: where does it detect morphing, morphing or, or morphed? Just morphs. But also, they talk about a biofilter, and I don't know what yeah, that means. The Gleet biofilter, um, if it had sensed, like they turned off the the murder rays. So if it, they, it had been on, it would have shot them to death. But what is it? What is it? Sensor. It sensors morphs. Not weird DNA, just morphs. I guess. I think no. What it does is it scans for a yerk in your head, and if you don't have a yerk, in oh, your head, okay, you get, you get murdered with lasers. That's fair. I I am almost positive that's it. But yeah, that sounds right. Uh, I feel in, like you've told in me in that, that instance. Like Tom's yelling at the security detail, and Jake decides that I'm gonna demorph into a regular-ass human. Um, okay, sure, don't get stepped on. That's a good plan. But also, you're incredibly conspicuous as a dude who isn't a yerk, man. Well, he hears them say that they're turning off the sensor, so he's like, I can morph back. 
Right. God, what was his plan if they hadn't turned off the sensors? I'm a lizard. That's my hawk friend. We're down to th- to four morphables. Uh, poor planning all around. I guess he didn't anticipate. No, because he ran into the fucking backpack. Yeah. So this is all on you. Instead of just under the bed and waiting for those guys to walk out. Yeah. But anyway, we cut back to the locker room. Where Marco is snooping about for he's, well, yeah, he's I don't understand. He's walking around. He's I guess he's for, smelling underpants. I don't know. I don't fucking no. He's just walking around. And then Cassie and Rachel demorph. And they're like, hey, we're here now. <laughs> like, Remember <"Yeah."> us? <laughs> uh, so we think Chapman has a disc. Uh, and these lockers lead to the earth pool. But they're locked. But she only, like, tries to open them like regular lockers. No she, no, she doesn't try to open it like a door. She pushes on them and then gives up immediately. They're locked. They even probably though, are, yes. Even though I saw them be just pulled out as a whole. It's fine. So they draw up a plan where Marco's gonna spill some stuff on Chapman and try to take his jacket. Because that'll be inconspicuous. Or at least pickpocket him, because Marco knows how to pickpocket, because he's fucking Aladdin or something. <laughs> I guess. Someone needs to morph a little monkey with a vest if that's going to happen. Or one of the youths from the Ninja Turtles movies. Is that racist if a monkey wears a little vest? I honestly don't know. I don't either. I don't know what the policy is with monkeys. Or little vests. I think... I don't know. I mean, we dress them up like cowboys and stuff, and that people seem to be cool with that. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing racist about cowboys. Well, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) But... So we go over to the Yurk control room in the Yurk pool, and, uh, I don't know, Lady Yurk number four, I guess, wanders off. Number one in my heart. (laughs) Leaving Tom alone to futz about with a disc or something. Meanwhile, Jake's just creeping around in his regular fucking t-shirt and stuff. Uh, no, not a t-shirt. It's the most late 90s sweatshirt ever. (laughs) Like, it's definitely fleece and has, like, an Old Navy stripe down the side. Like That's true. Oh, no, it's Gap, because all the clothes are provided by the oh, Gap. Oh, there it is. So, Tom is futzing with some dials, and there's a screen that means literally nothing until V3 pops up on it. What do you mean? It means Yerk stuff. <laughs> sure. Uh, and V3's like, did you open the disc? Like, no, it's still DNA synced. Yeah, <laughs> which you already know. We have already established all of this, but in case you're tuning in for the first time, this is a disc that Elfangor gave me gave us, but we stole from him, and it's attuned to Elfangor's DNA, uh, or somebody thereof in his family. Here's something that I have a question about. There's no conceivable way that Elfangor could have had Tobias's DNA to program in there. Is it Elfangor's DNA the same as Tobias's? I mean, a little. When I'm, your DNA isn't 100% exact to your parents. Right, your but mom. maybe he just... I mean, forgive me, but maybe he jerked, he jerked off into it and was like, anyone who sort of matches this? <laughs> hey, I, I'll actually... It's probably just linked to Andalite DNA, but fucking uh, Visitor 3 does not leave his morph, so he's probably only touched it as a person. No, he touched it as an Andalite. Son of a bitch. You were there. You watched it with me. I don't remember. What am I to remember? <laughs> Maybe. That's what you're here for. I guess. Uh, was that nine episodes ago? Something like. Uh, but V3 is just like, yeah, make sure you catch a nanolite or whatever. 
I'll uh, I'll make you a visser, I guess. Which got, we know he has the power to do. You gotta stop throwing that around, V3. Gonna take away the, the, the or, majesty. I of mean, that maybe title. he only has the one that he gets to promote. Because <laughs> the last time we saw it was in like an alternate reality. So yeah. every visor gets to promote like a certain number below them. So visor 3 is in charge of visor 13 or whatever. So 10 below you, you get to be in charge of that guy. So if it's like a, two it's a pyramid scheme? Yeah, essentially. Neat. So Tom enters into this weird area where there's a bunch of dangling, like... C- <sighs> cocoons? Cocoons. It kind of reminds me... Suitcases? Of, like, a, a slaughterhouse where there's cow halves just dangling, dangling from, like, hooks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but weirder than that. But instead, it's like a cocoon wrapped in webs. And Tom says, Yerks who don't need the Condrona... We're going to take over the world. Yeah. So, well, prob- probably. I mean, if you don't have your one weakness, then yeah, you're probably better. Here's the thing, though. If you can genetically edit yourselves like that, why not give yourselves bodies that don't suck? Yeah. But sure, whatever. So- and then, for the and then meanwhile, for the first time, we see the actual gym that this big-ass basketball game is supposed to be taking place. <laughs> and it's the a- basketball <laughs> game that's so big that there are, like, printed tickets. And gym. children waiting. It is the smallest gym you've ever seen. Um, it's made of cylinder block, and then there are just regular, like teensy tiny four seat bleachers on the side of it. Yep. I'm not even sure if it's on both sides. It's nope. definitely on the one side. It's only shot from one side. Uh, an axe steals some drinks and gives it to the girls. Yeah. I guess he's able to order drinks and then walk away without any money, and no one batted an eye. Well. In Siberia, you can just take what you want. Oh, you mean the yeah the the, the 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 internet store that they go to? Yeah, and then I thought you were telling me about your time about in which Siberia. Which one is for Rachel? Yeah, and then walks away, and then they suspiciously look at him and switch drinks. Here's the thing: if he's trying to roofie you, you're still gonna get roofied even if you switch. Yeah, it's like he's a creep, and he like dipped his nuts in that that fucking <laughs> that one's for you. <laughs> And like like the kind of creep who would get off on someone drinking his nut drink. That sounds grosser than I imagined. Sure did. This whole episode is Jake said things that sound grosser than he mentioned to. <laughs> so we cut back over to the your pool downstairs, and Tom's wandering around with his backpack over one shoulder because he's a cool guy. He's cool as fuck, even as a yerk. Too bad he's like forty eight. And then Jake remembers the code or something he he saw tom punch in the numbers so he sneaks over to the uh to the door and dials in the code because he wants to go look at the cocoons yep i guess so so he he walks in and there's just these undulating cocoons yeah and he touches them if done properly this could be very erotic but it is not (laughs) if you're into that sort of thing and uh sky is i read his journal yeah well Nothing like a good cocoon, a good pupa. You love an undulating anything. <laughs> uh, we cut back to the game. The, the cheerleaders. Fucking, the are... snack bar is not even like a concession stand. It's like a, a no, table. No, this is just a room. Like this is just a ballroom that they rented in. A this hotel. is the most slapdash, fucking uh, basketball game ever. Uh, X spills a drink on Chapman. Chapman yells at him, and even though he doesn't know who he is, and X tries to relieve him of his jacket. Chapman's very upset. Like, 
really upset. Yeah, I I know he's had a rough day and a, a child has been bossing him around or whatever, but like he he's he's not doing good. He's not a good principal. You gotta have patience with children. Well, I mean, we know from before, I guess that the Yurks aren't good at being the person that they're being. That's true. He's terrible. So Marco comes over and saves the day, and Chapman walks away with his collar rescue, and. Uh, Marco yells at Axe for trying to do the thing that they all agreed they were going to do. I don't know if I've ever... I th- I'm sure I've said this to you in real life, but never on the podcast. But, it, like, my my favorite trope from the uh, from TV and stuff is the fucking... Sh- like, the principal or vice principal's life is shit. <laughs> it's every single principal almost ever. Mr. Feeney aside when he's... That minute where he's a principal... But other than that, like, every principal on TV ever that I can think of is just, his life is shit, he shit at his job, it's awful. And I and Chapman, I think, falls into that uh, cliche pretty good. I can only think of two other examples, and that's uh, Seymour Skinner from Simpsons. Yep. And uh, Mr. Belding from... Stay by the Bell? No, not... No, uh, Power Rangers. That's not Mr. Belding. It's not. Uh, Mr. Something I want to say to pay. I want to say it's Chapman also, but I, I also thought that. But you know who I mean. Yeah, he's got a mustache and a toupee. But yeah, I mean all the other um, other ones are all their lives are also awful. We cut back over to the cocoons, and Jake's still just touching them, weird like, and then he has a Kaplan. knife or something. Mr. Kaplan. Kaplan. He just pulls a knife somehow and then cuts one open and a bunch of yellow, orange goo spills out. pulls a knife somehow. You always have a pocket knife on you. Yeah, you I do, that. but he hasn't established that. He hasn't had to sh- it's just stab anything yet. I guess. Actually, there's probably He's, several There's lots of things he yeah. should have stabbed. But like he he cuts it open and some yurks spill out and they start screeching. But those yurks are covered in caramel. Delicious looking caramel. Or gack. Delicious brown gacky caramel. And uh, Tom's walking up with some goons, and he's like, oh, listen to my brother's screech. Yeah. It's like, in- that sounds like distress, I would think, but sure. <laughs> you do you, man. And uh, Jake somehow manages to get out of the room or something. Or hide or something. He doesn't Let's morph. See. He can't morph, I guess. I don't know. How far do you have to be from the door to morph? <sighs> I don't know. But... Uh, I- and at this exact moment, Tom's Yurk decides that he needs to go take a Cadrona bath. Which, and then while he's getting ready to go in there, he explains to the other controllers, like, don't let my host get away. I have to go take a dump in this pool or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then Tom, the real person, doesn't put up much of a fight. No, he's just like, just leave me alone. Just I just, I'm going to go stop, sit down over Stop here. pushing me already. Ow, my arm. And then Chapman runs up and then sneaks into fucking Tom's book bag and steals the disc because he knew that's exactly where it was. And Tom didn't think to tell anyone, hey, put this somewhere pla- safe yeah, or put it somewhere safe himself. Like hanging on the damn hook on the on the way in or something. I mean, you have your own locker, probably. Just throw it in there, but I fine. would th- As high up as you seem to be, you'd think you'd have an office down there somewhere. Or something. So we cut back up to the basketball game, and the uh, the other kids are like, hey, Jake's still not here. That's probably an issue, right? Yeah, and Axe 
apparently felt all of the pockets in Chapman's jacket when he was trying to strip him earlier. Yeah. So he knows he doesn't have the disc. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, back in the pool, Jake pulled a, uh, a Millennium Falcon and he's just underneath the floor. Smuggler style. They wish this was cool as the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it's he's under a grate where he's very well lit in complete plain view. I think there are lights underneath of it. There absolutely are. And then someone drops their flashlight on top of him and no one notices. It's Raycon beam. They're using them as flashlights now, though. It's because they're the same fucking thing. Uh, but the, I don't know. The, the, the guy picks it up and he doesn't, like, he doesn't even turn around. He just reaches for it from behind, which is super fucking weird. Yurks, man. Get your shit together. The way that's uh, like shot, it looks like uh, it doesn't even look like uh, Sean Ashmore is like laying under the grate. It looks like he's standing in, on the other side of a grate. I'm not laying down. That's not part of my contract. Yeah. You guys got to pay me a lot more for me to lay under a grate. I'll stand in front of one. Yeah. So Chapman runs up to the top of the school and he takes the disc and for safekeeping puts it on the ledge of his fucking window. Like it's a goddamn pie he's trying to cool. And wouldn't you know it, Tobias just happened to fucking be there. So he snatches it and flies away, except something's wrong. And then he crashes like a dumbass bird. <laughs> it was... Like Rachel did for no good reason at all. Yeah, it was definitely not like grabbing a pie. So we cut back over to the game. And Rachel's trying to leave because she has a friend outside that has a needs a ticket, and there's no re-entry to this very important game. Yeah, this very important game in and, this teensy tiny gym. And Denim Vest is very, very litigious about this. What? Are, litigious is the wrong there, word. But we he's still very have, authoritative about we it. We still have no indication on what the sharing's plan is. By the way, uh, yeah, nothing. And then the disc starts glowing weird colors and shit, and then we see the like these weird sepia tone scenes of Tobias morphing a bird, and Rachel runs out screaming for Tobias, and uh, wouldn't you know it, the fucking disc just demorphed Tobias. Now we know, I guess. That's what it's for, question mark? You've known this whole time. Yep. It still makes me mad. How mad? Because it's so fucking dumb. So, there's a pre-recorded message from Elfangor in the disc, because of course there is. Yeah. And it shoots out a hologram, and he starts talking to Tobias directly. Tobias doesn't get that this is a, a message. Yeah, he's real, like, excited yeah, and weird like, about you, it. Thank you, thank you, Dad. He doesn't know he's his dad. Uh, I really thought he was going to learn right now, though. Because you'd think that's, that, that would be something that, that Elfangor would tell him. Hey, uh, you remember know, your mom? Death. I... Morphed a man and fucked her. I boned your mom down. Like, real hard. <laughs> With my horse body. That's what You think she's dead? Because I, I fucked, fucked her, her too death. hard, yeah. yeah. So, he's just like, uh, yeah, this disc demorphed you. I somehow knew that you would be a Nothlet. Yeah, I knew you couldn't fucking handle being an Animorph. So, now you can morph again, but still just two hours. This is, you know, I had real great foresight, but not great enough to not get murdered. Maybe maybe it was just programmed to anyone who he gave its two DNA and it said, Hey, Tobias, you're a morph again. Or, hey, Rachel, you're a morph again. Or, hey, can't, you know, maybe. just in case. So here's my question. It reset him once. Why not stay as a person and then do it again? Uh, that's a good question. I know he says you'll be trapped again. Yeah, I guess why? this thing had one and done. I guess. That's what the Elemis did. But the Elemis is a big bag of dicks. Why yeah. is Elfingor 
for one thing, why didn't he introduce this technology to the rest of the Andalites? Where like, you don't have to be a Nothlet anymore. I fixed it somehow. Yeah, uh, I guess he did maybe like, expand on that. But that's basically where we end, where Tobias is a person for two hours at a time again. And I bet that's a thing that <laughs> will happen sometimes. Yeah, I bet that we don't see much of the hawk anymore. Not when we don't have to. So, I it makes me just very irritated. Because this could have been done in a lot of different ways. And making an arbitrary MacGuffin didn't need to be one of them. Yeah, and plus the whole basketball thing is weird. <laughs> I assume we'll get into that in Face Off Part 2. Also, Face Off doesn't mean anything yet. Nope. Unless it's... The school faces off against their rivals, the other school. <laughs> Stone Canyon. Yeah. Versus Mountain Canyon. <laughs> Mountain Canyon High versus Stone Canyon High. The Red Lions versus the Blue Lions. <laughs> We're all lions. The the Panthers versus the Pumas. Big Cat versus Big Cat. Ugh. So, Jake. <laughs> yes? What was the most terrible? Well, you got to ask me with a little bit of enthusiasm, Sky. That was the most terrific part. <sighs> well, I think it's um, Denim Jacket's general attitude towards the <laughs> whole goings-ons. <laughs> he respects his job. Does he? I guess, yeah. Uh, he didn't give up on it. He yelled at little girls trying to leave and said that they couldn't come back in. He, uh, you know, he was putting in the work. Which, I mean, yeah, I guess if I was him, I wouldn't ever yell at anyone trying to leave. I would just let them go, and then when they tried to come back, tap on the sign. <laughs> Don't make uh, me tap nope. the sign. Uh, it says no re-entry. Rachel. With a, w- this is a school with a gym like that. Mm-hmm. So this is a teensy school, I guess, that they go to. I guess, unless it's a, a school with many gyms, and this was just the smallest one that they were able to <laughs> because book. Because they had to act like it was big, so they had to fill the stands. They had to fill all four levels of the stands. Yes. Maybe. It's hard to say. But it seems like this denim jacket should know who everyone is as they come and go. (laughs) Yeah, if you're going to be keeping track of people in such a way, why not give them a clipboard? Yeah, like, hey, Rachel's gone. Don't let her back in. No re-entry. We've got your money. Fuck you. You already paid for the ticket. What the fuck do you care? Ugh, whatever. Turtle-rific. I think it's turtle-rific that we finally find out what the disc is. I'm that furious is, at what it does. That is pretty turtle-rific. They've been teasing this thing since episode one, where Elfengor threw it too hard over Tobias's head. So Tobias didn't touch it. Right. What if he had touched it then? I don't know. Would he, would he have avoided the... Would he have gotten the power to not be an it? I don't know. Would uh, the message that was pre-recorded started <laughs> playing, where he's like, hey, you yeah. can morph again. And he'd be like, he'd look from... Fucking Elfanger's dying corpse to its his <laughs> his message and be like, "What's happening? What, what is this? Why are you there?" Also, he's like, "Hey, touch that later when you're uh, a bird, <laughs> when you're a bird or a lizard or something." Also, what's a lizard? Yeah, I mean, he would know, I guess, because he hung out on Earth for uh, a while I guess to true. fuck some people. <laughs> I guess that's true. So, who was the most likable or effective character? I don't know. I might have to go with Denim Vest again. Yeah? I mean, or maybe Tom after the the monster got out of his head. (laughs) Tom the real person who just gave up? Yeah. 
He's a quitter, and I appreciate that. <laughs> He's just like, whatever, fuck it. Just let me go lay down for a while. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're not wrong. Do you have a better uh, answer to the same question, Sky? Well, I'm going to give it to Elfengor for being able to figure out how to fix the morphing lock thing. Like, he figured out how to fix a Nothlet, sort of. Yeah, and, and predict the goddamn future, I suppose. Yeah, I mean... He looked at I'm those... sure they're going to hand wave it away with the Elemist told him. But he ultimately was able to fix a, part, a major flaw in the morphing tech. I mean, I'd like to say, and he looked at those five kids and picked the one that was the most likely to get stuck in a morph. But <laughs> he had that ready to throw at them because he was already dying when they found him. Yep. So it's not like he went back on the ship and was like, I got to go do some stuff. I got to yep. take a quick antelite dump or whatever. And then he came back with this. Yep. It's almost as though they didn't, you know, think this through when they wrote it. They didn't think it would get this far. Yeah, they weren't that far off. They were like, just give him a disc. We'll figure it out when we get there. We'll figure out what it's for when the time comes. And uh, how is the disc any less expensive than the elements? <laughs> like it's just a guy that they have to paint blue. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Digitally paint blue. Not like it's not like he's a horse or anything. <laughs> <sighs> they did paint half that horse. They sure did. What a what a, what a weird show this is. Um. So what what is your pop culture palette cleanse this week? <sighs> Well, Sky, what is my pop culture palette cleanser this week? Oh, I saw Ant Man and the Wasp. That was pretty good. That was my pop culture palette cleanse also. Yeah. Um, it was just two hours of an empty Ant Man suit after <laughs> the events of. Uh, it takes place concurrently with Infinity War, Sky. I'm pretty sure. At nope, least. two hours of an empty Ant Man suit. How long is Infinity War? Three days? Because that's how long Ant Man takes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we don't get a definitive between Ant Man ending and the post credit scene so yeah um there's two of them the second one isn't really worth waiting for no except we sat through the whole goddamn thing and then there was a family in front of us and one of the the uh, i mean their children were older children so they were big children mm-hmm. and the one was standing as the previous ending and i was like could you sit down please <laughs> excuse me excuse me and they just ignored me and then stood through it and then luckily it, it was inconsequential yeah which is fine because someone stood in the middle of it for me. <laughs> I was real. Ma- uh, I wasn't that mad, but I was kind of mad. Um, you weren't mad after. Yeah, I wasn't as mad as I could have been if it was like the end of Iron Man. <laughs> right. Uh, also, I'm still watching Lost in Space. I'm taking it real slow because we're out of queer eyes to watch. So, <laughs> you know, it's, queer eye for the science guy. It's the it's a harrowing tale of a family lost in space, mostly. You know what would get me to watch Queer Eye is if they combined with Bill Nye. I mean, they, they might tell me about science. They and might tell Bill fashion. Nye. I mean, Sky. They, not only do they fix your clothes, they fix you. That's that's what I'm told. I'm sure it's a great show. I I, I have nothing against it. I'm just you just severely homophobic. That's not it. He is cripplingly homophobic. You can't go outside for fear that someone might be gay near. <laughs> Yikes. No, that is, that's not the case. For a split second, I thought you were going to deny it. What, what? I am denying it. That is not the case. I, you did deny it, but there was a split second where you, like, didn't. Oh. Uh, it was to build tension. Sky, you should watch it. Jonathan is the best thing in the world. I know, you keep He'll saying He'll call you honey. Uh, I, just, I don't know why that makes it better. Uh, it does. Trust me. You just don't understand because you've never seen it. 
Anyone who's watched uh, Queer Eye, any of it, uh, tell Sky how great it is and how Jonathan will call him honey. If he, I mean, if they were to meet. Sky, what's your pop culture palette cleanser? Uh, you kind of took my. Did night. you see Ant Man and the Wasp? I did see Ant Man and the Wasp, and the Wasp was pretty badass in it. I really enjoyed that. And uh, Paul Rudd is a timeless vampire. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> everybody in well, maybe not everybody, but at least Donald Faison and Paul Rudd are, and other people involved in Clueless have not aged a day. The principal, what's his face? He's the he's the voice of Rex. Oh, that guy. He's, well, that that guy's looked like that. Yeah, he's probably looked old since, forever since the womb. <laughs> That's what that guy looked like. Also, uh, I can't remember the last time I saw him on screen, so he might look older now. Maybe. But his voice is the same. Yeah. Um, but it was very good. Um, it, it it was very on par with the first movie. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Michael Pena is, is very am- amusing in it. Uh, there's not, like, I was afraid that there was going to be too much, but I think there might be just a little bit too much, but it's mostly mostly good. Too much what? Michael Shrinking? Pena. Oh. Because like he was enough. such a he was such a favorite in the uh, in the first movie, I was afraid they were gonna load it up. Nah, he, but he's, he's he's really good. good, and he only tells a story once. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it's a good one. It's good. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It is. Um, and I didn't really do much else. I know. I was like, uh, I read of Avengers number four on the toilet earlier today. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, Have you been reading that? No. It's uh, Jason Aaron, who's has been writing Thor for the last like three or four years, and he's really good at that. So I started reading the Avengers comic that he wrote. Nice. But uh, MC the MCU, it sounds like the future of that has the Eternals in it, mm-hmm. and the Eternals show up in this for a, a minute. And I just wonder if we're gonna get the Eternals like, like we did the Inhumans when we thought there was an Inhuman movie coming, <laughs> uh, where we you just know... get constant Inhumaning. I think yeah, you know that who, might happen with the Eternals. You know who cares about the Eternals? No one. Literally no one. Yeah. But we're also, like, we're so fucking close to this whole Disney Fox deal happening. <laughs> so, it sounds like if that does go through, they're going to sit on the Fantastic Four and X-Men until Phase 5. Which is great. Like, finish out what you got planned for Phase yeah, d- 4. Don't rush it. it. And then when we need new characters, we can have characters that we like instead of the Eternals. Right. And <laughs> and because if they know that they have it and it's coming, they can hint towards a lot of things. Right. Instead of just fucking around. Yeah, just being like, boom, here we go. Here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the here, X-Men. You care about the Inhumans. Look how much you care about the Inhumans. You guys remember the X-Men? Here are the X-Men. They were here the whole time. But in any event. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, me. We'll. Tr- I'll try to have more things that I did. Or don't. Whatever. Who gives? Uh, yeah, I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> but thank you guys very much for joining us on this uh, descent into madness. Uh, it's a pretty good one. This, I think this this episode wasn't great. It's. What I do you think, think the odds parts. are that the next episode's any better? Well, other things will have to happen. Like this is a three part episode. Yeah. So they something don't have will, to will have to happen at some point. So it might be better. Um. You can follow the show at Pop Culture Fail. Nope. You can follow the show at Failed Pop Culture with no E. And if you're one of the people who uh, is listening to this weirdly uh, starting now, follow that. <laughs> if you if you if you want. Yeah, I mean, I mean it would make even me if you don't if you want, did. just yeah, do it. Sky doesn't post that much on there. It's not an intrusion on your life. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, and also, thank you, everybody who's new. 
Um, you can email the show at popculturefailure at gmail.com. And if you're new, email Sky that. Tell him how much you like his glasses. That's true. I do, lo- I do like hearing about my glasses, and it always makes me feel good to get an email that isn't spam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can rate and review on all of the platforms where you can do that. That would and be if, great. And if you're one of our new listeners, go ahead and do that. Tell us how much you like Sky's shoes, I guess. I, I guess. <laughs> I guess. That yeah, because we've only got the two reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. I we don't know how many it takes to get a five star review overall, but five. So we need three more five star reviews, ladies need, and gentlemen. We need three people to step up and be cool. Yeah, why don't or, I do it? Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's tacky. Yeah, it but is also tacky. I don't care. So go if ahead. we both did it, <laughs> we only need we'd one. only need one. Damn it, we need Katie to do the third one. <laughs> Give the dog an account also. The dog doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> Sorry, Sky, keep doing the things. <laughs> the dog doesn't like the the podcast because it draws attention away from him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me. I'm at Sandwich Surplus. I'm at Midwest Love Affair. <laughs> I also do a podcast uh, called um, Pokemon Mind and Body. <laughs> we should be recording a new episode pretty soon, and it'll be up within the next couple weeks. It's, it's a fun time. It's an uh, actual play pokemon world rpg and uh yeah so we and will... i also do a untitled unrecorded um undecided podcast that i will let you know about in the future <laughs> oh what does it do what does it cover Jacob? i i i said undecided <laughs> could be anything odds are star wars yeah that, that tracks uh but yeah thank you guys very much for listening thank you for any new listeners it's nice to have but you. really thank you for the old listeners as well i mean we appreciate each and every one of you yeah tell your friends or or, or, or your moms or you don't what you, or your dads either way or your dogs or your dads i already said dads you did i i don't know how much your mom would appreciate all of the swears that we do or your dog i don't know how much I, your dog would appreciate tv it. shows that she probably hated watching with you yeah you and there's well. a very good chance she would uh, take offense to the amount of times Sky says fingering. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you very much for all that you do for us, guys. And we will see you next week. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Muzzle Tov. Bah! Now no one's going to know when they were listening to it. They're going to say, Christmas? Testing. Yell Steve One, Ditko is two, dead into it. Three. Can is anybody a, hear me? Is that a, what is that, a Barenaked Lady song? Sure is. It's called Testing One, Two, Three. Can anyone who's, hear me? Anyone who's listening, Sky loves the Barenaked Ladies. If the Barenaked Ladies are listening, Sky loves you. That's, that's true. I also like you. Uh, your song, uh, Odds Are, is spectacular. I really, really like it. I like the song, um, One Week. One long. Week Since You Looked at Me. You cocked your head to the side and said, Chicken to China, the Chinese chicken, Sky. It's been two days since I laughed at you and said you just did what I thought you were going to do. It's something Sailor Moon with the boom anime would be the wrong thing. And getting tuned to Sailor Moon because the cartoon has got the boom anime babes that make me think the wrong thing. Yeah, that's what I, I said. How can I help it if I think you're funny when you're mad? You just want to, instead of doing the podcast, you just want to, you want a karaoke. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. You want a karaoke, bare naked ladies. You soon will.
I have a tendency we'll do one to week in that one about the monkeys with the postcards. <laughs> History of losing my shirt. It's been there's a lot of there's so many lyrics to that fucking song. It's all lyrics. It's all song. Uh, I believe the song you're referencing is another postcard. It absolutely is. It's uh, a ridiculous uh, song. Uh, <laughs> it really is. I don't know what it's about. It's about getting monkeys in the mail. Yeah, I guess so. I I have no other context for it. I don't I don't understand metaphors. I suppose <laughs> can't imagine getting some monkeys in the Daily Mail, but all of them coming in anonymously, so they leave no trail. I never thought I'd have it in my room from overseas. Somebody's sending me stationery filled with chimpanzees. And then this is where the other guy goes. I don't know the words. <laughs> really, you hit it really well. <laughs> Maybe we should just do the podcast. This is the podcast. Uh, welcome to Bare Naked Ladies, like Bare Naked, ah. Bare Naked Ladies, Ladies. Bare Naked Ladies, but we got pants on. Uh, what is it called? Full Dressed Men. That's our podcast. <laughs> it's the Bare Naked Ladies podcast about the Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. Uh, no, that's the other thing we do. <laughs> I've never seen the movie Face Off, so maybe I missed some stuff in this one. The movie's great. Is it? No. Like great I mean, and like a it's that like, kind of movie great. Yeah. It's uh it's one of those. Anyway. 